1: Welcome in, everybody. This is Nicky Wild Outdoors.
2: I hate it when he tells me what to do. (laughs) Saturday
1: mornings. Uh, Hey, a familiar voice is back in the studio, braiding along with Glenn Kinman, who uh, came in today. I guess uh, the lakes of the earth must have dried up. Because there's no more water around anymore, so <laughs> there's no fishing, you might as well come in and hang out today.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: And on the end, Jonathan's out running around, and then, of course, Bill George is still up in Pennsylvania. So, hunting turkeys. Uh, so, yeah, hunting turkeys. So we invited the uh, the immaculate man of a million, Mr. Dean Frazier, to come into the hello, studio. Hello. He's the bane of the existence of the uh, condominium world. Oh, man.
3: Yep. Do not, my best,
1: not not because he uh, does anything disastrous to condominiums, but he's been thrown out of some of the best around Pinellas <laughs> County because he likes to fish their lakes. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, no, other than getting not. thrown out because you know, uh, wasn't it last year, year and a half ago, we had the gentleman from South Florida on with the 16 plus pound bass and caught it in one of those uh, nice apartment complexes and uh, one of those ponds that never gets fished. So, hey, you never know what you're going to catch.
1: It happens all of the time. I still think one of the funniest stories I ever heard, uh, there's a lake. If you're going across Gandy Bridge and you pass Dale Mabry, I can't remember what the next light is there. Uh, it's not McDill. Uh. Anyway, there's an apartment complex. We've all seen it. You drive by it and there's a big fountain. There's a pond right there in the front. It's surrounded by a gate, above, a big fence there. Uh, if you can't miss it, it's right there off the road. It's right in front of the apartment complex.
2: You just can't miss it. You, you can't imagine? miss it.
1: You can't miss it. Where is this again? <laughs> you go across Gandy. You go past West Shore, Dale Mabry, and then uh, the next light. Uh, there's an apartment complex off to your right if you're heading uh, eastbound, wow. and it's offset from the road. But there's a lake in the front of it, and there used to be a pond, uh, a fountain right there. A buddy of mine uh Todd X one time went over there with a helicopter lure.
2: I got I have I think I still have maybe one of those.
1: <laughs> he went over there with a helicopter lure on his bicycle, walked through the apartment complex, cast did two casts, and on the second cast, eight and a half pound bass. With a helicopter lure blah, 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 across the top of the pond. That bass yeah. had never seen anything like that in its life and went, oh, yeah, dude, I'm eating that. It's the
3: thing about Florida <laughs> is you never know, and especially around here. Sure, you can go down to that same type of pond and you can hook into a 30-pound tarp and you just never know.
1: Well, if it's connected to the uh, bay in any way, uh, there's a chance that there could be a big fat redfish that's been trapped in there for about four or five years doing nothing but growing. Yeah. And uh, I know I had a... A buddy of mine out at Hanson's Pond whipped a redhead, white-bodied mirror lure across the pond. As soon as it hit the water, it splashed. He thought he might have spooked something, but it was a forty-four-inch redfish right there in a pond that you would think there wouldn't have been hardly anything in. Yeah, and come to find out, the the drainage ditch that led into that pond—if you backtrack it—went all the way back and was like boop. It backsided out one of the uh, hottest fishing spots there on the eastern southern uh, northern part of tampa bay southern part of tampa bay
3: oh, yeah, i started figuring that out i was you know just pond hopping bass fishing and then all of a sudden i'd catch a snook and i'd catch another snook and then i was like oh this might be a common thing started looking into why they were in there as you said saw those creeks and then i started fishing primarily creeks or excuse me uh bodies of water that had a creek attached to it come to find out that's like uh that's probably a good 30 to 40 percent of the lakes in the area here pretty
1: much yeah. i mean that's why that's how the alligators get around i mean they don't just magically appear no. <laughs> helicoptered in somewhere <laughs> into your kitchen well uh, they can't do a
2: lot of just crawling and traveling you don't have to have a ditch true. Just take the highway how many uh have you seen on the news that just shut it down
1: well yeah on some areas but i don't see too many trudging across 34th street or 4th or 9th street or 16th or that's because
2: you may not be always there
1: they always go <laughs> when they're that, coming that is that is true i guess in the middle of the night those muscovy ducks seem to be able to make it across here oh there. god yes they do <laughs> so maybe Maybe the gators aren't having such a bad deal.
3: Shoot, when I was a kid, I was always told that it was a, a hawk or an osprey comes down and grabs a baby and then drops it somewhere. Yeah. And that's what I was always told. I mean, I was like, how? I've never seen that. So how often did that actually happen? But,
1: I don't see ospreys drop too many things when they, uh, when a they get a hold of them, man. But uh, I got to ask, before we get too deep into the show, we had a caller last week uh, who called in and wanted to know uh, if you... Uh, had received your Kentucky elk tag because he had got his notification
2: and was he successful? No. Well then, he and I are in the same company of misery. <laughs> hey, are you really? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I got my notification as well. I did w- I did go online and uh, to see if I could get a you know, get some good news and of course it came back was unsuccessful in all three categories that I applied for. So, oh really? Yeah, so uh, so he and I are on the same uh, same page. Maybe next year. Um, I think he did say that he put in for him like six years now, seven years. Yep, and uh, he's been successful. So I got I got another five to seven years of of uh, misery <laughs> <laughs> to look forward to as far as getting the elk hunt out of uh, Kentucky.
1: Well, he did say that he was going to change his strategy up again this year, and then possibly buy the uh, the, the raffle tickets that they encourage you to actually purchase, because maybe that would be an incentive for, you know, this guy's really trying, man. He donated another 50 bucks so, uh, you know, let's move him up a lot. You, you, I mean, you know, I know you think the, the worst scenario, but he said it would better his chances. It would have given him about, what did he say? I think five more chances to get into the drawing. so
2: Well, you know, whatever uh, whatever angle you want to work, The madness behind it, who knows. But I did use uh, one of Bill George's uh, strategies for the gator uh, draw this year, and I cannot believe that it worked.
1: Seriously. Well, I, you got to know a guy. I mean, there's a guy who knows how to game the system. I'm so not going to um, share
3: what
2: he said. And oh, well, man, <laughs> are you are joking? I could have used
3: that of, you know, when
2: I applied. He told me, he says, why don't you try this? Because I said, Bill, why do you always get drawn?
1: He gets the Lake City. And not and only does not, he get well, drawn, but he gets the Lake City actually wants.
2: Well, not not always, but he always gets a tag. Now, the majority of the time, he does get the uh, Hancock that he's always applying for. But mm-hmm. this year, he got Polk County. But, uh, a Polk I, County tag, yeah, just a county wide tag. There he did get that. That's what he told me. And then, of course, so I, when I filled out uh, my application, I thought, well, let me try the Bill George strategy and just see. So sure enough, first time ever, I my very first number one choice is what I was awarded. What
1: did you put that as the? You didn't add it anywhere else on the on the list of ten or whatever.
2: There's twelve. There was twelve spots, of course, and uh, but I picked. My first choice, and I put it in, and there it was no kidding and of course uh and Courtney filled hers out same thing
1: she got one too
2: yeah she got wow. uh, she got drawn too, but not the her first four uh choices she didn't get selected for, but the uh her fifth choice was what she got, but it was the same method that Bill said to use or to try. And uh, so I tried it. It worked both times. Well, you know now, what? That didn't work for Ginger, because I did put her in the same
1: way. Man, that,
2: <laughs> that's, ridic- uh,
3: that's ridiculous. As I was saying, man, I I applied, and I had a group of four people, and we all applied, and only one of us got tags.
1: Well, or, you, now you got the uh, the look of the Irish. You got the uh, yeah. Glenn, Kim, Curtis. Thank so you for you letting know, me and... get
2: rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pass it on. But, of course, uh, my good friends up in Illinois, there's like six to 12 guys that put in every year i think there was only six out of that group what they'll do is they'll all apply and then if anyone gets drawn then they split it because mm-hmm. it's a thousand dollars for an out-of-state and uh, he sent me a text immediately and says none of the none of the clan got uh any tags none of the, his group wow so it's kind of like That's where you're hilarious. at dean just you're four didn't get but one and uh but there's six or so didn't get any
1: because for the past couple of years they've uh they've hit gold haven't they
2: well the last two years they've been yeah. very skimped on but uh years prior to that they were uh um, you They're know a majority of year? them over 50 percent of the group would uh get selected but i like i said this year uh i tried bill's um <laughs> tactic as you would say and it was successful
1: he should write a book on this i mean you know the guys that- no
2: because then he'll be getting out of it
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at the other benefit. It's like a guy who uh knows how to do blackjack, he writes a book, he makes more money selling yeah, the book sell on the how secrets. to sell the secrets of blackjack. <laughs> he becomes a multimillionaire overnight cuz everybody wants to know the strategy. Well, well I mean, even if you only charge a dollar a book.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it would only be it would only You'd be like one
3: maybe at best a paragraph on one page. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you got to put all that fluff well, in. Well, then there. is
3: there going to be some sort of like, uh, you know, FWC is going to be like, all right, we got to change everything up, you know, an algorithm or something like that that needs oh, to be that's, fixed.
1: Yeah, that's true. Then they're going to go ahead and change it. And but I, I will say, it's not you know, an
3: algorithmic I, thing.
2: I feel like I got probably the second best place in the state of Florida to gator hunt, in my opinion
1: Polk County? <laughs> Polk County tag? No.
2: No. County tags are kind of a tough thing, but so I would say Tenerock. Bingo! Oh man! Seriously? <laughs> yes, I couldn't believe oh, it. Do you know man. Did,
1: now? Do they have it divided up? By, you know what? I'm gonna wait till after the break because <laughs> I want to see if they if they like. Because I know Bill George said they were trying to open up the whole thing, but I think it's only a few lakes, right?
2: I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't even I haven't you, even researched anything. I'm still like in total shock.
1: they are still overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get back. We've got to take a real quick break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and the good folks out at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Coming up a little bit later on the show, we're going to be talking to the uh, the big dog himself from Bull Bay Rods, and then uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking to the Bigger Bigger Dog from Big Dog Baits. So, uh, yeah, we got some stuff on the show today. Great rods team, good tackle. That's right. So we're going to take a fast break, you guys. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: I know that? How did I know what? Man, it seems like every... T- Name that tune. You should be on that show if it's still around. Dude,
1: do you know how many years I've been in radio?
2: It doesn't matter. It's just unbelievable. <laughs>
1: what do you you mean, come in do singing
2: songs that I've never even heard of. <laughs> I think you make them up.
1: <laughs> no. No, it's just... You remember, because uh, you're in a building like this, I know that people think that, you know, there's one radio station per building, and that's not, not true anymore. It used to be that way, but... Uh, in this complex alone, there was all the radio stations were scattered throughout all these buildings. You could walk across the street and be at 95 f back in the old days, and then uh, the old 105 over here, and then the WWBA over there. You must have been know. the
2: guy that just cleaned up the floors or the countertops <laughs> and then just listened to all the music. Never went home.
1: No, you know what? I, uh, I used to run across, uh, run back and forth through all these buildings when I was a young teenager. Skateboard, actually, between buildings, because mm-hmm. back in the day, you had to go pick up commercials. You didn't send it digitally over email. You had to actually pick up a reel-to-reel. <laughs> you had to pick up tape, and you had to go to each different radio station because it might be produced over another radio station, then you play it on yours. You have to bring it over. You dub it over onto carts, and then you load the cart machine, and da-da-da-da-da-da the whole
3: thing. They used to skateboard how times have changed.
1: What? You don't think I skateboard anymore? Is that what you're trying to say?
3: I would like to see.
1: Oh, yeah. I still got the longboard. Still got oh, my oh
3: longboard uh, oh nah longboard is a little easier than a skateboard.
1: I still have my uh, longboard. I still have my uh, slalom board, and I still have.
2: Uh, um, my Welcome old, to uh, surf
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my main mode of transportation between buildings. I was like, man, it is hot walking across here. You know, we got great sidewalks here. Get <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and go over and get it. Be right back in five minutes. Uh, But anyway, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, and Dean Frazier. We're in the studio today talking a little bit of gator hunting, fishing, everything else. Glenn informed us just before the break that he had got chosen for probably, uh, I know you said probably one of the greatest spots uh, in the state of Florida to be able to go and actually get to get a tag. Uh, But, I mean, it's been... I don't. Has it ever been hunted before Tinnerock? Is
2: it? Oh yeah, absolutely. The, you know, Tenerock always just had a couple of tags issued each year, and uh, this year though, I was thinking, man, I got it, and it wasn't because there was just two tags to get. They actually had thirteen. They increased the number of issuance for that location this year, and uh, but anyway, I, I'm one of thirteen. Uh, lucky people that get to go to Tenorock this well, you, year.
1: Well, I guess you're going to have to <clears throat> seriously thank Bill George for that, because I think he was the point of the spirit that fought for that for yes. a number of years to get more tags issued in there because we've been there a lot for the kids fishing derby and all that kind of stuff, and we see the the alligators there. you I know, went out there with Randy Peck and went out there and fished with the kids on his boat, and they were <laughs> alligators everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And those ponds... Some of those ponds and lakes aren't really large, large, and when you look around and there's you know twenty or thirty of them I know, hanging around in a ten acre, <laughs> ten acre lake, you're kind of like, wow, that's uh, yeah. Don't fall in the water, but yeah,
2: yeah. I'm looking forward to it this year, uh, especially now. I'm really just excited about going uh, now. I feel bad for my buddy Doug. You know our friend Doug, he didn't get drawn this first time in... Probably 10 or 12 years he's not got a tag.
1: What about his kids? Because I none. know his daughter is a big hitter. Yeah,
2: huh? none for her as well. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to have to introduce them to Bill George.
1: I think they might actually just, <laughs> uh, maybe this was the first year they shook up the bucket a good, you know, give, give it a good shake. Kind of like when you're in a turkey when bank. You're doing a went, draw. You know,
2: man, dig deep, dig yeah, deep. <laughs> that's, that's what
1: I'm saying. Shake that bucket up, man. Same guy keeps winning over and over again. Because
2: you always think, do I put in right away, get my name in quick, or do you? Put it in on the last day and think that your name's at the top of the computer list or something. I don't know, but uh, I did use what Bill suggested, and, and I was lucky. Yeah. I think it's all. It doesn't matter how you select. It's just luck of the draw.
1: Yeah, but it seems to work. It worked for you. It worked for him. works for him every year. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. If you would like to know the secrets of success when it comes to alligators, send your check for $50 or more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll give you the secrets to getting drawn by uh the f w c for your alligator permit. yeah it'd be interesting
2: to see what uh if bill would even share what he told me. he might not even remember of course, if he remembers what he told me, then I'll know that it must be uh something that he's used throughout over the years over. now or uh, you know uh Glenn Grisaffe he didn't get drawn this year either what? he told me so he I'm sure he used the bill method as well that's unbelievable I don't know. G
1: two didn't get it. That's yeah. I think they shook the bucket this year. What's up, Dane? What Speaking you
3: of Gators, I am about to apply for my phase two at the moment. Oh, so are you hopefully, I have some chances left over. But well, you know what? I thought you,
1: thought you were, were going to uh, go try to apply for the job for the gator trapper here in Pinellas County. I thought you were going to jump on that. I've train. actually.
3: No, no, the funny thing is, my mom actually brought that up to me. She sent me a link to something involving like. I don't remember where it came from, but she said, oh, yeah, you should apply for a gator trapper. You would probably be good at it. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I'm, I'm already technically a licensed trapper in here. And so, like, I've I've gotten calls from the FWC web, you know, people look me up and, hey, can you remove a raccoon or something like that? You know, usually it's a raccoon. I get a lot of cat calls as well but uh, yeah but um no I've, I've actually thought about it if I could get it's in with here, somebody who, I don't yeah. know if they've,
1: I don't know if they've uh, picked and uh, chosen a person yet because uh, you know usually if it's a government job there's quite a few hoops to go through before you of can, course you can uh, uh, call yourself one but I think you'd be with the job that you do during the day uh, you're already on the road and you're already running around and all that other kind of good stuff so you know Hey, I got an alligator here in my kitchen. Can you uh, come and get it? It's an (laughs) 11-footer.
3: You hear about that one in Clearwater? I think it was two days ago. There was a a gator that got into a woman's house in Clearwater. Apparently, there was a low-lying window or
1: something like that. Yeah, it broke through, and they found it in the kitchen. That's what I was alluding to. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it it actually, I I love how it it sparks. It's a story. It's Florida. We've lived here. We hear about these stories. You know, Gator in the pool. Oh, Gator yeah. came to the, the doggy door. Gator uh, in the garage. Gator surprised a guy who was going out to his car in the early morning, spilled coffee all over himself. Yeah. I mean, we've heard all the Gator stories. But yet, every single time one of them hits social media, inevitably, all the... Well, you moved into their territory first. They were there first. <laughs> I always love it when they throw that out there. And it's like, dude, this just shows you know nothing about alligators.
3: No. Well, it, it could be applied to any animal anywhere. We, you know, it, it, it especially here.
1: Yeah. That's, especially when they do it about the coyotes. When oh, they yeah. say, oh, yeah, you moved into the coyotes neighborhood. And I'm like, really? So they were there before the golf course was built on Mangrove Bay that's what you're trying to tell me yeah no. you don't know
3: entire populations the have exploded
1: yeah. but uh, I, I I love that one and I <laughs> and, and the the deep end that people use one of the greatest lines I heard this past week was well the alligators were here first and if it wasn't for the invention of air conditioning we wouldn't be living where we are today because there were no people here when there was no AC that There was no air conditioning. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so I went down. I literally went down the list of all the tribes that used to live here in the in the beautiful state of Florida, and I said, so all those Native Americans who were here all the way from Pensacola all the way to the Keys, uh, they weren't considered to be people. I guess. I guess not. I
3: guess not.
1: And I guess I'm not people either because my father literally refused. To turn on the air conditioning in our that's house. That's because he knew you,
2: he wanted you to get outside, <laughs> and not yeah, sit in the house. Much. that's
1: Pretty much. Well, outside was inside was still cooler than outside, but uh, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, the mentality of these people. Oh. So I would think that you'd be, uh, <laughs> I think you'd be perfect for that to get that phone call from that particular lady. That's and, and of
2: course, if he was to get on one of them, he'd have to get all the equipment, go buy him a nice, big, stout rod. Sure. With, you know, medium. That's no issue. Medium heavy action or something, maybe a fin or reel. To crank one of them big gators in.
1: We got one uh, roll, a uh, three hundred yard roll of uh two hundred pound uh, yellow Calcutta line left at G five so you can get that. <laughs> that well, would
2: be the only time that I think yellow would work out good is just so you could keep up it. with the uh yeah. where where it's getting wrapped up underneath all the well, debris. That's, that's why they yeah. Yeah, that's
1: why they use it because you can see it at night and uh it you can even with light or without a light, if you got enough you know, if it's clear enough you can see your line and where it's going and all that kind of stuff. But we had a guy who drove all the way over from Pinellas County the other day, man, and he just—he usually hunts with G2, and apparently he was all kind of stacked up this time of year. So uh, he came over to G5 and went, "I need that, I need that, I need a box of those, I need that, I need this, I need that, I need a bang, a bang stick, I need this, I need blah blah, blah and he bought everything and went, "I'm out of here."
3: See, see the, I think the dangerous part comes from uh, people who are just trying to remove gators, like mm-hmm. to, to move them somewhere else. I can see how that can be kind of dangerous. But if you're, uh, if you're, you know, getting rid of nuisance gators, I think it would be a little easier because you don't have to worry as much about. I mean, unless they're not allowed to kill them on the spot, do they have to move them and like put them Man, you down? To, you're going you to have to get You're going to have to go out there.
0: <laughs>
1: every situation changes you're gonna, but here's you're, a guy, you're gonna have to move them first before you dispatch oh him god because,
3: well then yeah i mean that
1: Well, yeah. because uh you know you gotta understand that you know oh, those well. those newly arrived people from new hampshire that could be a very traumatic experience for oh, you, you got a yeah, point you don't want to make a leave point yeah. when
2: they get here but on the phone with us here's a guy that can make you a nice gator uh, rod <laughs> when you get all into that and you get all the license and paperwork in place good morning kelly how are you Good morning,
0: gentlemen. I was just thinking about uh, the gators and catching alligators on fishing rods and all that stuff. And we'll talk about what we did when we were kids, but today we may get rods for guys catching gators. So yes, we got that covered.
1: Well, uh, this is uh, Mr. Kelly Phillips. Of course, he's the uh, the brains behind one of the most best bestest rods ever made, the uh, Bull Bay rods. And uh, by the way. Uh, a uh, small little uh, pile of them there at G5, if you'd like to go check them out. And uh, we wanted to call in and talk today about all the great and exciting things you got coming up, because I know you and Glenn ran over in the middle of a corner somewhere, and then all of a sudden you started dropping uh, secret bombs on him. Man, he came over and was like, dude, you're not going to believe what they're coming out with this year. You're not going to believe what they're doing it Out at ICAST. And I said, well, I guess we we'll have to have him on the show and find out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? It was a pleasure meet with Glenn it's the first time I got to, to, to meet with him and uh it's been an honor to say the least. You know, you guys are uh from what I've seen so far, you guys are really solid to earth, so my hats off to you.
1: Yeah, we uh we try to keep it that way. I mean, and that was a like...
2: 1995 plug. Do you want that in cash or Oh, well, yeah, okay. so it was.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, at least it was... Text made table to Kelly Phyllis, yeah. Rods, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Well, now, uh, Glenn said that you uh, you guys are going to be going out to ICAST this year, right? And uh, you got some exciting news that you're going to be announcing at ICAST this year. Or Can you share it or no?
0: Well, yeah, it's, uh, we just can't share the actual product. We can't put it out in, in, in
1: folks' hands and, until it
0: actually hits ICAST. Cause we're going to go for a product showcase. Mm-hmm. We're that confident in what we're making on the rod right side that I feel like we'd have a really strong shot at getting that title or at least getting a close shot at you know, taking the title. I hope we can. It would be nice. If we don't, hey, we're still going to make a stand or make a statement.
1: Right. So uh, it sounds like you're kind of beating around the bush. Uh, so it sounds <laughs> like we can't really talk about it too much. <laughs> no, it, it's really we, – we really want to
0: – we're dominating kind of sort of the west coast of Florida in the, in the
1: inshore redfish. look
0: fishing-type rods right now, mostly spinning type stuff. Right. And um, we've been making custom rods for a long time in in respect for the bait casters, your bass rods, stuff like that. But we found in the bass world, those guys are really more particular. You you can't mix saltwater and freshwater rods and a lot of that, not a lot of those guys' mindset. So, you know, we're coming out with a full line. I think there's going to be eight models of bass rods that we're going to introduce at ICAS.
1: Very nice. Well, I know that uh, I look at it this way. If if Captain Mike Anderson isn't breaking your rods, uh, they actually they got to be pretty darn good. Seriously.
0: Yeah, well, you nail it, because if anybody's going to put the
1: test on it, that guy. Yeah, well, you know, when he's as big as he is, I mean, Yeah, I think... when he
2: grabs that thing and sets the hook and then starts cranking down, something's going to give.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think he could break a rod on a, a hook and a pinfish if he really wanted to put his back into it, but... Uh, Can you hang on for us, Kelly? We want to talk a little bit more, but we got to hit the heartbreak. Sure enough, yeah, man. Well, hang on. We're talking with Kelly Phillips. He's the uh, man behind the great and fabulous Bull Bay Rods. We're going to talk a little more after we get back from the break. We're brought to you by G Five Feet Outdoors and the good folks out at Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. We'll be right back.
2: No, we're out of frog gigs.
1: No, we're not. We got plenty of them over at G5.
2: <laughs> and welcome back, Digging Wild Outdoors. Man, on the phone with us is Mr. Kelly Phillips with Bull Bay Rods. You still with us? I'm
1: alive and well. Brother. I heard some shuffling. I heard some shuffling back there. He was
2: getting something out of the grocery bag.
1: Well, you know what, Uh, Mr. Phillips? I got to ask you this. Uh, You know, um, I know a lot of custom rod makers, and I know that there are guys out there who charge a fortune if you want, uh, you know, your initials on it and this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, uh, all kinds of little fancy doodads that they want to hang on there and stuff. But uh, for a guy who uh, really has never been in the fishing world before you started Bull Bay Rods, I was always curious as to why a guy like you just all of a sudden one day goes, you know what, I'm going to start my own darn uh, fishing rod company. You I mean, know what I mean?
2: Especially after the Wonder Rod. When Shakespeare came out with the Wonder Rod way back in the day.
1: Or the Ugly could, Stick. Yeah, who could who could outdo that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who could, who, could, who could outdo the Ugly Stick? Come on now. Uh, but uh, I, I was just curious as to, uh, you know, a guy who – I don't know, it was a fishing passion or, uh, you know, something you wanted to leave to your children? I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stories.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of reasons, but I've always been a fisherman by heart. I grew up here in Polk County with my grandparents crappy fishing and bass fishing and pan fishing and all that good stuff. And we used to drop inner tubes over the fence, if you will, anywhere we could, and we'd fish anywhere we can, you know. So, man, that was just really kind of in our blood, even as as teenagers. And uh, my cousin and I, we used to cast net for a living. You know, we used to sell the Thomases over in Eagle Lake, uh, Perks, you know, now Perks and stuff like that. Um, So we just, you know, we just kind of bleed fish, if you want to say it like that. Right. You know, and fast forward into the future, I ended up uh, doing very well fishing out of the kayak side or got into the saltwater world fishing redfish and stuff like that. My good friend Chuck Asbridge here in Lakeland, he said, Hey, man, you're you're really good at this. Why don't we start fishing some tournaments and all that? So I ended up fishing a few tournaments here and there. And next thing you know, I'm taking first place, taking first place several times. And uh, the championship trail ended up in Orange Beach, Alabama, 2010. I caught, uh, it's a photo release, by the way, in the redfish world. Right. Catch your fish, take a picture, all that good stuff. Caught two reds. They were both 44, 45 inches, and uh, a couple of trout. Today, I still hold the most inches in length. I hold the most on the record. So since 2010 and now, I still have the longest total inches of fish per uh, a two-day tournament. So it was four days, or I'm sorry, four fish for two days. I think I'm on 127, 128 inches of of fish. That so was two red fish and two trout. Not bad. You know, so had a good time. So I really enjoyed doing it. Um, unfortunately, I, I bought some rods at a big box store. They broke them um, early. Should not have broken. And uh, went back under the warranty scenario, not even 30 days. And they told me if I'd have bought this brand or that brand that they would offer a warranty because I had a receipt in hand. And uh, they did it. Kind of rubbed in the wrong way. Me being an avid fisherman, I said, you know what? I'm going to try to have a custom rod made. So I got involved in having one made, and boy, what a what a life changer. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. So I was a little upset with the warranty issues, and I was fishing this rod. I do financial uh, advising. I've been doing it for a long time now. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to put some money in this and see if this custom rod builder wants to build on a large scale. Or on a small scale, I didn't really have any ideas going to be large scale like it
1: is now. <laughs> it never, it never starts out that way. I want to make it with some family and friends and meet some customs. You know that yeah. way, I'll always have a good. That'd be ride. a
2: great stocking stuffer, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, guys,
0: you can take an ugly stick and bend it around the circle, and throw it in a stocking. You know.
1: There you go. So you guys uh, started working together, and uh, that was the beginning of it, or? Yeah, it
0: started at the beginning, I started fishing the rods and they cast a the mo country mile and stuff and my son was at Florida State at the time and I was uh heavy in the financial side, but I was throwing some money at the, the custom side, branding it, and uh came up with a name called Bull Bay. And I was fishing down in Port Charlotte, Florida and uh there's an area down there called Bull Bay. We couldn't come up with a name and I'm looking at this my map and it says Bull Bay, and I'm thinking Man, think about that, a bull shark, a bull red, a bull carbon, a bull dolphin,
1: mm-hmm. and bull bay was born. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah. of course, you uh, I guess you had to uh, hire more than one guy uh, after a while. <laughs> you can't just leave some <laughs> poor old dude in the back with a paintbrush and some epoxy all day. So
0: <laughs> Good guy. <God. laughs> <laughs> we got the way... We were moving, uh, you know, let's say 20, 30 rods. We got to moving 200 rods in no time at all because I was using the tangle-free guides on the rods in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I really didn't understand the blanks as much as i liked, And, you know, it's been a learning process. But <clears throat> as we moved on, excuse me, guys, as we moved on, um, I wanted to take that fishing experience, if you will, with the rods to a whole new level. My idea was, you know what, I want to put these in everybody's hands. So... Like I said, it was born. Uh, we went from 200 rods the first, say, the first year and a half, two years. Now we're several thousand rods. Wow. <laughs> so, well,
1: yeah. I, I look at it this way. I, you know, when you when you pick up one of your rods and you really take a look at them and you feel them, they really do give you that custom rod feel, but you don't have to pay custom rod prices. Uh, you know, I I remember. Uh, I don't know if you know who Rick red is you know back in the day he was a a big time rod builder back in the day and everybody wanted a rick red rod and uh here in Pinellas county and stuff and i i think that rod that red rod cost me close to four hundred bucks you know for oh, goodness you know for for him to make one
2: you can get and, you can almost get two for one well, on that's
1: that. what i'm saying I'm, well, i could get i could go get uh, a really nice uh you know the uh the assault rod or any of those other ones there that Uh, That you manufacture the the sniper or any of those others that are, uh, I think they're they're you feel them at the store and it's like man these things are really really nice. I mean, well
2: I didn't pick one up at the uh, store. Why were you
1: afraid to keep it?
2: You know what? Because they just look good and I thought you know as soon as I grab it I'm going to be thinking (laughs) I I got to have one of those and and then of course uh, when I spoke with Kelly in his office he said man hold this pole and uh, he said man hold it. Put some
0: pressure,
1: but
2: put some hold b- my pole. Did I say hold my pole? Or- <laughs> no, you said hold the pole, yeah, hold the <laughs> pole and try to break it. And, and you know, then Ginger was in his office and he grabs that tip and drags it all the way to the floor. and I, I was expecting to get slapped a in snap. the face with yeah. that with, uh, paw at any time. And uh, but it was incredible, just a well balanced, just a good feel. And uh, looking forward to the, the freshwater side whenever he uh, releases them. At the iCast, and uh, we'll see what we got to put on some of those reels that I currently have that's got some beat up old Berkeley uh, lightning rods attached to them. Maybe Jeez, them Pete, you're not going to
1: take one of those crampy uh, Walmart specials and put it on a Bull Bay rod, are you?
2: I've caught a lot of fish on those crappy uh, whatever reels you want to look at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they still have the zip ties on the handles, man. That gives it
2: that extra strength.
1: Oh my gosh. Kelly, uh, you want to hang on or you want to get out of here? Hang on.
0: We're fine. All right.
1: right. Hang on. We're going to take another real quick break, but we'll get back to you real quick. Uh, You know, we don't want to go away because I wanted to bring up something before you get out of here. All right. We're going to take a real quick break, you guys. We are brought to you by G5 Feet Outdoors. and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be back.
2: I'm not saying a thing. Not yet. Are you going to start singing? This is a
1: long one. I drink alone. Yeah, I know this song too. Welcome back, everybody. It's a big and wild outdoors. So here we are in the studio enjoying some comfortable air conditioning. and it's thank a good you thing,
2: thing we have it, or we wouldn't well, be in Florida.
1: We'd be surrounded by alligators yeah. and then not be in Florida. You would want to
2: live in Florida with no air conditioning.
1: I could live in Florida Me with too. no I air had conditioning.
2: Air con- I didn't have air conditioning growing up for years.
1: You know what? Uh, the way I don't know about you, Kelly, but uh, Kelly Phillips from Bull Bay Rods is on the phone. If. Uh, Kelly uh, grew up in Central Florida as a young man, so I'm sure that the air conditioning units were probably not pumping out there where he was either. So I'm sure, like me, he's probably very well acquainted with the uh, every stock tank and pond and creek that are around the area that you can go get uh, wet in at any time well, you wanted. Well, no.
0: <laughs> we we were the poor kids, so no, we
1: didn't know what air conditioning was.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, air conditioning that was a that was a uh, little metal box fan. Wide open, shaking everywhere. You had to pick it up because it would walk over to the side and you had to move it back to the corner. Uh, where That's right. Keep it in the shade.
1: You don't <laughs> want to blow hot air into the house. Or or the best one was, if you're that hot, go outside and get in the water hose.
0: <laughs> well, we turned the air conditioner on at night, meaning the fan in the window, you know. That's, That's right.
1: It. Put it up in there and put it on 11 and let her go. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> before the break, uh, we are talking with Kelly Phillips, uh, owner, operator, and uh, big-headed man in charge out there, Bull Bay Rods. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, and I brought it up during the break, is uh, before I, you know, I told you I got a uh, a Rick Red Rod. I had a custom made, and it cost me almost four hundred bucks. And uh, I said, it's a great rod. It's a one of a kind. Uh, there'll be another one. Uh, never be another one like it. But the sad part about when you do something like that is if I snap that thing in half, uh, it's going to cost me $400 to go get another one that's not the same rod, but something close to it or at least mimics it. If if Mr. Red is even still alive. But the good thing about the bull bay rods is if I did the same thing to one of your rods, I'd just walk in there and go, hey, this thing broke. Can I get another? Yeah, hey,
0: thank you, sir. May I have another? That's
1: <laughs> and uh I I didn't know that it actually lasted it was a true lifetime warranty on that rod kind of like a bench made knife that once you get it it's yours and it doesn't matter if it's 20 years from now or Man, 20 put, minutes from now.
2: You're putting that against a, a bench made knife warranty?
1: Yeah, bench no made doubt. knife same thing.
2: Wow. I don't know that there's a better knife warranty anywhere.
1: Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think you you basically am I wrong or or is that true? Can you just 20 years from now, break that thing and go in and get another one. Well, you know, if
0: you can find the receipt 20 years later, you are
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days, it can all be digital. It's kind of like Dean Fraser. Whenever FWC says, I need to see your license, sir, he whips out his phone. There it is right there.
0: There it is. There. It is. <laughs> there it is. No, the warranty is, uh, as such, because of my my compassion. Starting the company, had issues with warranties, as I was mentioning earlier, and I vowed I'm going to do this, I'm going to make them where I don't have to have a warranty issue, but when it does happen, I'm going to stand behind it and give it a lifetime guarantee. All you need is a logo on the rod that says Bull Bay Rods, and your warranty's in place.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's that, you don't get that anymore. I mean, uh, we were kind of joking about it, you know, back in the old days when the Ugly Stick was out. I said, I don't know how many of those things I got on my bicycle and rode back up to Kmart and said... Uh, Tip broke off this Sunday. Them they go go get one, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, pretty much those days are gone. are gone. They're the way of the dodo. I mean, nobody does that anymore. So, uh, you know, when you go in there and you buy uh, one of your assaults, you go in there and you spend a hundred and seventy bucks and some change, and you get a rod. It sounds like a lot of money to some people because when they go, well, I'll go get one of these Berkleys for you know twenty two bucks. Well, you know what? It doesn't have a lifetime warranty on it. And well that's not you're a saying, quality rod.
2: Be getting getting that one and just going out and using it for gator season. That's that's not fair. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Break that thing. Well, I broke it on a big bull.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a big bull, what? <laughs> bull a the yeah. <laughs> Never came to the surface. Yeah, well, it was a 13 footer. So uh yeah, sure, let's do that. But now, you know, I think that's one of the things that sets you apart. And I know that a lot of guys who are out there fishing tournaments and uh people who beat the crud out of them every single day out there with guides and uh, you know with people who may have never even touched a saltwater rod before in their lives. Uh, you know. So they get beat up, they get tossed around, they get put in the back of trucks or ride in the back of a boat at 75 miles an hour. Uh, and so they have to be able to take that kind of whipping. They
0: do. If they're strong and they're built well, you have a higher chance of them lasting. And I figure if somebody's going to pay $130, 150 $180 bucks for a rod, there's a slight chance they're gonna maybe just maybe take care of it. Yeah, you know,
1: I always say that don't. about I always say that about an expensive pair of sunglasses. If you're gonna pay 170 or 180 bucks for sunglasses, you're gonna know where they are at all times.
0: One thing about the bull bay, they get you so hooked when the first time you fish one that you fall in love with it so much you wind up buying a second, a third. We have an 80 percent repeat customer base that you know that's bought more than two, which is incredible for. For a small company like that. Um, you know, because we do it right. You make sure the quality's there, the sensitivity's on track, the balance is there. When I was over at G5, I just want to give a plug to G5, I was, uh, I hadn't been there, but I've been in that store maybe seven, eight times, you know, because I don't live in the area, but I drive by there just to check out what they're doing, and the place is really grown, guys. i tell you, I'm real impressed with the store. Uh, there's a ton of UTVs in there. As I was looked down there, and said, holy smokes, they got 30 of them things or more you know but i I really want to give a plug to those guys it's a it's a stand-up outfit you know the people that work there are just good folks and uh the rods are in there they're going to have boars as the bass lines hit after i cast but if you're in the area and you listen to this you got you got some time even if you're not in the area take a run over and check out what they've got going on that's a really nice a storefront
1: they got over there. Well, we appreciate the kind words, that's for sure. I know Bill and the crew over there really do as well because uh, there's a sad to say that there are a lot of either you're competing against a big giant box store or the smaller mom-and-pop. But you know what? For people in Pinellas County, I don't know if you heard the story, but uh, you know a guy over here in Pinellas, he got his first ever, he got drawn for a, a gator tag and uh, his buddy that he usually goes out with he, as a trapper, you know, spends 50 bucks. Uh he's like please tell me you have gator equipment over there. G five, do you have gator hunting equipment? I was like, Yeah and he says, Oh what time do you close? I said, We close at eight o'clock and I said, Where are you? He goes, I'm in Pinellas County, but I'm heading over there right now. I'm getting ready to hit the Howard Franklin Bridge and Good for him and drove all the way over there and loaded up with everything. I mean, from uh, bang sticks to snatch hooks to fishing line. I mean he got it all. So we we'll had
2: to get A line of uh, bull bay gator rods in there.
1: Well, you know what? What? I I would do that, but I'm afraid that I don't want to be the guy who actually breaks a bull bay rod, so I don't want Kelly (laughs) mad at me. (laughs) I don't want him mad at me, dude. Well, Al Roberts over in Ocala, he's a gator
0: trapper. Right. uh, He came to us, I don't know, 2000, I want to say 2014 or something. He says, hey, I've got these rods that I catch alligators on, and he said they've been breaking, blah, 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 so... I said, well, I really don't have one called a gator rod, but this is the tarpon rod we're using. I broke your grand. Give it a run. Well, he called me up He said he was on a 12 footer, and the rod he was using snapped in half. They actually had two rods on the thing gator, two guys, two rods. The other rod broke. The bull bay actually went up landing the gator, and he was just all about it. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. So he called up and ordered five more. That was about four or five years ago. I haven't had to replace those rods. Wow, that's uh, I
1: awesome, broke a, dude. I broke
2: a B stick on a uh, a twelve foot gator, and whenever that tip broke, that rod broke. It sounded like a rifle. Oh, it does. going off. It was <laughs> that's why when that's why I was uh, a little shy about you ripping that one down to the floor like that with all the holding all that strength. I was expecting it to slap me like that one did. Uh, but we were able to get that that gator, regardless of the yeah. rod broken, but. Man, it's
1: it's crazy. amazing how loud those things are. I broke one on a big old bull shark down in uh, Boca Grande one year, and I think every boat literally came to a stop <laughs> that was out there because it was like it was like somebody shooting over there. It was like, pow. I mean, it was, I, and luckily it went past my head and didn't catch me, <laughs> you know, across the bridge of the nose or anything. But uh, Cal, hey, it happens that fast. <laughs> Do you wanna give us a call maybe next week or a little bit closer on? I mean we're at the top of the hour now, so it's all on you.
0: Bull Bay Rods, uh, Lakeland, Florida, five thirty West Brandon Road if you're around. Our, our custom side. We're we're typically not over two twenty five unless you're going crazy with it. But um, yeah, you walk into store, but G five, uh most of local tackle stores around the Tampa area carry the rods. Um at the Lakeland branch, it's more custom side. We don't compete with our stores,
1: right? And uh,
0: so we just we do it right. And if you uh if you want to try one out, try one out. If you don't, then tight lines either way.
1: There you go. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Kelly. We, we'll talk again soon. Uh, of course, uh, Mister Kelly, big shot over there at Bull Bay Rods. We appreciate him calling in on the show today. Really, we have a nice little selection over at G5. Go check him out today. And they're I'm just also- glad he
2: wasn't fishing like us. <laughs> That's right. He didn't we're, call rub it
1: in. We're taking a break. First hour's over. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G Five Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford.